This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast where we discuss fantasy Premier League. We're talking tips, tactics, triumphs, and uh, I think this podcast I'm going to be talking a lot about regrets. Uh, today it's just me, Brandon. Josh is on vacation, so we're kind of swapping positions. Last week I was on vacation, but I promise previewing Game Week 4 next week it'll be both me and Josh on the microphone. Today, however, I am graced with the presence of Twitter legend Luke Thunberg. Luke, welcome to Always Cheating. Hey, how's it going? Uh, uh, I've been better FPL-wise, but generally in life, uh, I can't complain. Yeah. Uh, Luke, we can find you on Twitter at FPLFunShot. You've been with, with Always Cheating since the beginning. Yeah, I don't know if I would call myself a Twitter legend, but more of just some <laughs> guy who tweets a lot about fantasy soccer um but yeah it's great to be finally on the show um i didn't realize i was listening to you guys since you started but i guess i'm one of the i'm one of the old crew here so it's good to good to be on finally you're an og luke (laughs) okay real real quick i'm going to talk about what we have coming up on this episode uh we're going to tackle some key questions as we head into the first international break of the season we're talking harry kane we've got a few other strikers we need to talk about as well We're going to be talking midfield options. Uh, I'm glad Luke is here because I have a lot of Manchester City questions. And Luke, you're uh, you're a diehard Sky Blue, right? I am, yes. Proper citizen. We'll have a uh, we'll have a whole 45 minute segment devoted to Kevin De Bruyne. Also, in light of the demolition of Arsenal, we need to talk about Liverpool. Oddly enough, we've got a few questions about Liverpool defense. That kind of blew my hair back. Mm. Uh, so we do need to talk a little bit about other defensive strategies. And also, what would an international break be without talking about wild cards? So um, all that's coming up. But first, let's talk about game week three. Uh, Luke, I have had... Uh, the worst start to any season I have ever had in game week three, I hit 30 points and uh, that's pretty bad, right? Yeah, it's, it's, that's a struggle. 
The game week average was 43. I'm on 38. On top of that, I played my wild card coming into game week three. So um, I'm properly embarrassed. uh, And uh, if you feel embarrassed for me out there, dear listeners, uh, you're right to do so. But uh, should I just talk to you about why I ended up playing my wild card so early? Yeah, I think I... uh... I think a little venting session might be nice for you. <laughs> Just kind of so, decompress and take in the action and, and, and see where you went wrong and where you went right. But I absolutely. definitely think you're looking at it too personally. Um, FPL is so random. So I think that you just kind of have to brush it off your shoulder and, and move on. And I love that. It's it's the golden rule. Have fun, right? So And, and I think I ended up, partially ended up here because I was in island time last week. Yeah. Uh, I was in Barbados. A couple of awesome Always Cheating listeners tweeted at us about some, some tips about how to watch footy in Barbados. Thank you very much. So maybe I was just living a little too breezy on the beach, um, but I ended up having a pretty bad week in game week two as well. I scored 28 points. That was coming off of, I think, 72 in game week one. So I had some huge problems that I had to rectify. Um, my biggest mistake in my initial draft was Alex Awobi. Huge problem. Lost value on him within the first week. Um, then I had the Kyle Walker um, red card, or double yellow, last week. Yeah. So um, I had this long-term strategy to uh, turn Awobi into Loftus-Cheek which then got me one free to get Paul Pogba going into game week three. That seemed like pretty good planning. And every, everyone was pretty hot on either Mkhitaryan or Pogba coming into game week three. Yeah. And uh, you went ended up going Mkhitaryan, right? I did, yes. Yep. Okay, so that's just kind of setting the table for where I was uh, on on Friday, ultimately, when I triggered the wild card. Hmm. I, I had played my free transfer to turn... Ryan Frazier into Paul Pogba. Then I find out that Ruben Loftus-Cheek is out for the game week. Uh, I had also burned four uh, just to jump on Aaron Moy to get the price rise. And then I thought, well, I've got nothing to lose here. I'm also going to turn Kyle Walker into Kieran Trippier. Okay. Then all this chatter started online. Do you remember when it looked like Trippier would or wouldn't be healthy, and then suddenly all this defensive transfer news comes flooding into the Twitter sphere? Yeah, suddenly, suddenly Spurs are in for like three different fullbacks, all threatening Kieran Trippier. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there I am. I'm sitting on a minus eight, and I'm not even convinced that. I made any good moves, say Paul Pogba. Now, Aaron Moy looks like a pretty decent, um, like fourth mid long term, assuming Huddersfield can keep up this form. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he it, does. He's he's very involved in um, setting up Huddersfield's attack. Um, he does yeah. sit a little deeper than some of the other forward options, but I mean, you saw last week. I think it was game week two. He had a screamer from outside of the box. So totally, and he's you would got think- it in his locker. So here we are. Um, I ultimately decided I didn't want to be on the Trippier train. I wanted to get off. Boom. I triggered my wild card. Uh, And that actually felt good because, um, as we were saying, I want to have fun. I don't want to be stuck um, sort of just chasing value and chasing points. I decided to give myself a leg up early on. Yeah. So... um, 
first first black mark on this wild card team is Miguel Britos. This is the way it always goes, right? Yeah, Luke? that's There's that's the- very unlucky. <laughs> Now, you remember when I was talking up Brito's preseason, and then he comes in with a goal in game week one. Everyone starts tweeting at me and Josh, hail Brito's, yes. uh, you must be loving that. Yeah, exactly. But no, I didn't have him in my uh, game week one squad, so I missed out on that goal. And now um, I have my second uh, defender within two weeks who gets a red card. Now, yeah. Britos, I have no, no sympathy for him. That, that was a horror <laughs> challenge. It was, it was bad. It was very bad. I mean, it, was it, it feels just like me? there's been so many red cards this, this, at totally. least at the beginning of this season. Um, yes. I mean, I know the referees try to be pretty strict, uh, right out of the gate and set an early tone for the league, but it just seems like every week there's like two or three red cards. <laughs> Well, real quick, I mean, how are you feeling about that Raheem Sterling red card? I know uh, Guardiola has come out and demanded some sort of explanation. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so it's funny because I had actually I had to go to a wedding um, on Saturday, so I actually missed like all of stoppage time when everything happened in that game because I, I had to turn my TV off and leave. So in like the ninety second so, minute, so disciplined. I you know, were. I know. I, I really wanted to just watch the last bit but yeah we were running late as it was um so yeah i mean i saw the replays so he scores the goal everyone's elated they're all excited running towards the fans um so i mean the thing that gets me is the rule is that you can't step outside of the of the pitch sure um but i guess there's also some rule that if you i don't know incite other people to come onto the pitch <laughs> you also get carded um sure. so yeah it's just kind of a confusing situation um but yeah I, I i think mike dean let it get to him a little bit um because now we're missing him for the liverpool game and he's been like one of our best players for the whole preseason and really the start of the season too so yeah, credit, it's, to, it's, credit to Pep for sort of keeping it with it with Raheem Sterling because he can be a streaky player, but I think he was one of those standout players right when Pep arrived where it felt like he could fit into Pep's system and his idea of the way he wanted that team to play. Yeah, definitely. And, and Raheem is definitely a confidence player, so anytime he can get praise from his manager, um, you know, even when it's not quite warranted it only helps him to kind of get back on track and yeah I think he's a great player uh all right we're going to talk a little bit more about midfielders later on but but Luke we're still talking about my my dumpster fire of a team right now yes yeah Uh, playing the wild card did allow me to jump jump on the Hegazi bandwagon and I actually already made just a little bit of money I got a 0.1 price rise out of him I feel like if you don't have Hagazi right now, you've got to you've got to make haste and get him in soon. Yeah, it's tough. The West Brom defense has been very good this year, um, only conceding one goal to Stoke this week. Um, and, and it has it, to be it, Peter Crouch, of course. It does. It does. It if he's going to come onto the field, he's going to score. So <laughs> I also love the the goal that Peter Crouch scores. He he of all the headers that he scored, he actually had to like lean down to score that one. I I really enjoyed watching that. Yes, he he had to compress his 
57 neck vertebrae just to just to be able to get that on target so yeah so i I kept De Gea in goal i kept ryan bertrand in the back and bertrand has been um pretty solid for everyone i mean southampton d just looks very solid my midfield is where i where i needed the most improvement you know getting rid of a Wobi, ryan frazier uh loftus cheek these are all good moves to make however um i ended up with uh, playing a three five two in game week three Five midfielders here, they all come in for three points apiece. Erickson, Moy, De Bruyne, Pogba, and Carroll. Now, maybe I outsmarted myself here, keeping KDB through the wild card, and I, I bought into this narrative. I don't know if it's gambler's fallacy at this point or not, that against Bournemouth, this was the week to turn KDB into a differential, and it uh, did not work. Yeah, it's, it's tough with Kevin because... You know, I can't fault you because going into the Bournemouth game, we didn't really see him dropping as deep as he did during this game. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he's really been pulling the strings, uh, dropping deep, receiving the ball, and just basically spreading the play around. Um, One of his overwhelming stats is his pass completion. He is very composed on the ball, and you know he was on bonus. Uh, he actually got a bonus point out of this match. Um, very solid metronomic midfielder in the first three weeks. But yeah, of course, the major problem is we're, we're talking about FPL. We're not talking about how good of a of a cog in the wheel of Man City yeah, he is. Exactly. So uh, he's dropped 0.1. He's down to 9.9 already after that Bournemouth fiasco. Um, he's got to go. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about KDB when we look at other midfield options. But um, yeah. He's during the international break that there's Miguel Britos, the problem I have to solve there, and then KDB. So it looks like I might even be burning four coming out of the break. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be important for you to, you know, make sure that you're really safe in the picks that you're taking and so you don't have to further burn any more points because, I mean, definitely getting it. That's one of the always the big fears going into an international break is, you know, you use your transfer early to hop on some price rises because you know they're coming, but then, you know, somebody gets a one of those mystery injuries and then you're <laughs> not sure if they're going to play and you burn points and then they end up being fine. And so you just kind of feel like, I don't know, stupid in the end. So, yeah, I, I think patience is really very important, especially at the beginning of a, an FPL season. I love that PSA to Luke about the mysterious international break knocks that happen. Like everyone out there, if this is your first season or you're kind of new to um, being overly tactical, beware of the yellow flag that will mysteriously appear in your squad, which might mean somebody just doesn't want to play or somebody's manager doesn't want them to play for their national side. Yeah. Yeah, I already saw earlier, um, just right before we started recording the podcast, Phil Jones uh, apparently has a, one of those mystery injuries. So, and okay. nothing, nothing you saw in the game looked like he was injured. So, we'll, no. I mean, we'll see. But that's just life for Phil Jones. He just has a, a an exclamation point over his head. I know, especially with his injury history. So, like, you wonder: <laughs> is it really a mystery, or is he actually injured? Yeah. Are you okay. a Metal Gear Solid player? I've no, I've never played that. Okay, well, there, there's a common trope of excl- excl- exclamation points appearing over uh, bad guys' heads. Oh so yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of Phil Jones. 
All right, so uh, let's let's rip off the rest of this Band-Aid here. I kept Kane and Lukaku, Captain Lukaku. We know what happened there. Um, Calvert, going with Calvert-Lewin from Everton as my third striker did allow me to leave 0.6 in the bank. So um, we'll talk a little bit about what that might mean for my midfield or defense um, over the break, but that that's like one of the bright spots here is I actually do have a little bit of cash left. That's However, uh, not promising to have somebody as low on the pecking order as Calvert Lewin on my on my bench. Now, is your team set up for three five two or it, it is now, man? Okay, <laughs> how much does Calvert Lewin cost? He's five point Okay, so yeah, um, that's 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 fair. He looked decent value for money going into game week three. He was on, uh, you know, no blanks, uh, played 90 minutes in game week one and two. So he had two assists, both to the Waza. Um, he didn't start against Chelsea, <laughs> but he came in. He put in a decent 30-minute shift. I mean, he looked a hell of a lot better than Sandro Ramirez, I yeah. can tell you that. Yeah, he, Sandro looked very, very poor today. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Calvert-Lewin comes straight back in. Yeah, so especially against the the city game, he was really threatening us on the counter. Yeah, he seems like he's really composed when he's playing out wide too. So I, I do like the look of him. Um, but uh, if if I got rid of Firmino, and that could be my my famous uh, final mistake. Yeah. So that's where that's where I am. I'm set up. Things that I might have to to work on. It's KDB and figuring Miguel Britos is probably going to be out for what would you say, at least five or six weeks at this point, considering there will be probably an extended ban for that challenge? Yeah, it's it's got to be at least three, if not more. So, yeah, he's definitely got to be coming out of your team this week if you need to start a defender. Did you watch any highlights or uh, any of this game, the Watford-Brighton um, game? It I looked did. Like, so tell me, do you, th- do you feel like Marco Silva switched up the formation a bit and Britos was push, pushed out wider than he's used to because he looked really frustrated at keeping pace with the front line. I don't associate Brighton with mad attacking skills. Yeah, I, I, I didn't actually. All I did was watch match of the day, so they didn't oh, yeah. really they didn't really highlight on Britos too much since, I mean, he was out <laughs> pretty early. So, yep, yep. yeah, I didn't get a ton to see of him. So, um, yeah, I can't really speak for that. But overall, I think uh, Marco Silva has been doing a – pretty good job and i i really like watford as a team to invest in totally agree yeah i mean richarlson josh brought richarlson in this week which um was a big pick and everyone was really high on watford they did manage to still keep it tight and get a point out of what looked like a pretty dire situation mm-hmm. now that could be as much down to brighton sucking as it is to uh, Silva just getting these tactics right after Britos came on. Yeah, yeah, I thought I thought Richarlison looked pretty good in this game. Maybe not as good as the last one in game week two, but he's still right up there in terms of activity inside the box. Um, I, I, just looking at f- Fantasy Football Scout's stats page, um, one of the stats I like to look at is minutes per goal attempt in the box, yeah. and yeah. he's up among the top five um, around the likes of Sadio Mane, Harry Kane, um, Muhammad Salah, who I'm sure we will talk about all those guys coming up pretty soon. Definitely, yeah. Uh, all right, so there I sit. I'm now at 2.7 million overall rank. Um, it's really, it's really uh, gross and not in the uh, uh, midfield asset kind of a way. Uh, so let's talk about your team, Luke. How are you doing? How'd you do this week? 
Okay, yeah, um, I did pretty well this week. I had 53 points, which is uh, 10 points above the average. Um, this week, I actually had some help in my defense, which I think is what put me over the edge. So I had uh, Bob Elliott in, in goalkeeper for uh, seven points. And then in my defense, I had Stevens with a clean sheet, Danilo with uh, a nice assist to win the game, um, and then Scott Dan with a one-pointer, who I'm trying to look at getting out, but I may have bigger yeah. issues in my team. Um, well, can, you, can, you can just bench Dan if, if need be. I can. Be. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. How are you so, feeling about Danilo right now? Uh, not good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the bubble for so many teams. It was... It was huge for so many managers, you and Josh included, to get that assist at the death. That was very big, yeah. Because if he hadn't gotten that, I think it was only one clean sheet in uh, in three games for him. So, yeah, it was. It felt good getting that at the end of the game. Um, but I think he has to go now, just because he's going to be a rotation risk with um, with Mendy now fit and ready to go. Um, yeah, the assumption is is uh, Walker and Mendy are the preferred uh, uh, wingbacks, right? Yes, yeah, they are. So, um, and, and I'm sure Danilo will get a fair few starts, um, even when those guys are fit. But it, it's too risky to have him now at five point five. Um, mm-hmm. My plan all along was to always move him out for Kieran Trippier, but I'm trying to maybe avoid that just because I'm not sure, you know, Serge Aurier from PSG might be coming in. Um, they just signed Davidson Sanchez, who I guess is a center back, but can maybe play out there too. So, well, I have to look the, uh, Burnley goal as well. That was scored was just an awful, uh, uh, lapse in concentration by Trippier. Pochettino is going to be furious with him. Yeah, I didn't see the highlights for that game, but um, he, he yeah, just got, he, said, he just left his man unmarked, uh, and Robbie Brady put this through ball in, and Trippier should have easily been able to cut out that pass if he was tracking his man, which he did not. He kind of pulled a pulled an Aaron Ramsey or something <laughs> like that. Um, so yeah, I guess we have to use, as you're saying, use caution with, with Spurs defense right now, particularly given all these changes that are happening to the, uh, to the, um, squad. Yeah. And you'd, you'd expect that Danny Rose has to be getting close to coming back. Um, I yeah. feel like we've been saying this every week, like, Oh, he's very <laughs> close to coming back. And for the last six waiting. months, man. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've got a 5.5 size defender hole in my team that I need to find someone for. So, um, alternatively, I do have quite a bit of cash in my bank um, from my transfer last week, which was downgrading Kevin De Bruyne to Mkhitaryan. Um, so I picked up about $2 million out of that transfer. So I could actually just go and move Danilo on for, like, I don't know, maybe Marco Alonso and, and, and have him in my team because he's been looking great. He's, he's basically a left winger in that yes. Chelsea system. Oh, so, yeah. Not to mention that hair. We talk a lot about Marcus A's hair on this podcast, but it damn, is it yes. gets me every time. No, yeah, it's 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 a it's a beautiful mane, and it's got <laughs> nice hints of like gold in there. It's great, <laughs> absolutely. So, who was your captain this week? I captain Harry Kane, so I do feel good at least getting uh, two extra points up. Or actually, I got yes. Well, zero compared to four, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm terrible at math, um, but <laughs> okay. Aren't you Aren't you like going to be an engineer? I one know. Day? I don't. I know. Well, it's it's like having to calculate like the difference and. Okay. Sure. So, you're yeah. over, you're overthinking it. Luke. I got two extra points, so th- that felt good. Um, I really would have liked to captain Roberto Firmino this week. He was my top scorer, but um, I can't really well, fault my logic. No, I mean, I guess let's talk quickly about that Arsenal-Liverpool game. Well, we can talk about who to who to buy, basically, coming yeah. up. But um, who expected Arsenal just to lay down and die like they did against Liverpool? That was just intensely poor. Yeah, I thought, I thought Wenger got his tactics and team selection completely wrong from the beginning. Um, I think he, he had Kolasinac on the bench and... He keeps insisting starting Hector Bellerin at left wing back, um, who very clearly looks out of place and uncomfortable. Yeah, even though he kind of like saw the most of the ball of any player on that team. Uh, Did he really? Yeah, well, that was that was my read on it. I was also yeah. kind of like doing a two screen experience with the Spurs game. But every time I looked over, I mean, if it wasn't Liverpool scoring, it was Bellerin trying to make something happen. It was misplacing a through ball or... Yeah, I'm not saying he looked good, but um, he was on the ball. He was on the the field, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so he's... I think he should have just started Kolasinac at that left wing back spot or or maybe move Monreal out there. I know he likes Monreal in the center back spot, but um, yeah, I think thought Wenger got it all wrong from the beginning and you know they just really look like a team in shambles right now I I'm expecting that Alexis will probably move this transfer window yeah he Um, he would there was this weird shot of him on the bench after he was subbed off and he just had this very peculiar grin on his face like he knew something yeah he was almost like laughing at his teammates like like oh i can't wait to play you later on like (laughs) you guys suck like yeah it's hard to know but um i know city's been putting in i think around a 70 million pound bid for for sanchez so we'll see what happens but yeah i I, arsenal really look like they're gonna struggle for a, a little while until wenger can adjust his team and i i mean i don't even understand why like um What's his name? Mustafi or Koscielny aren't starting. Maybe well, Mustafi—that was the, Mustafi was the big weird transfer of the week. Where he he just settled on. I think it's a loan deal with Inter Milan. Oh, did he really? Yeah, he's he's gone. How did I miss that? Uh, I don't know. I don't uh, know how I missed that. That <laughs> is that is shocking. It, it really is shocking. He was um, great for them. He looked like one of their better signings last year, at least long term. Like he would really solidify um, or or come in in place of Per Mertesacker. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I'm not. I'm pretty sure it's it's all done and dusted. Okay. Wow. That's 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 sad news. Um, so my goal here is to turn my FPL team around before Arson is able to turn Arsenal around. So it's it's a race against the clock. Okay, it's going to be the battle of whoever is less stubborn, and I I think you're <laughs> probably going to win that one. <laughs> All right, thanks, Luke. All right, let's take a quick break, uh, and we're going to come back, and we're going to get to the key questions heading into this international break. Same old podcast, always she. 
All right, we're back. And Luke, I want to chat quickly about Starting Eleven. Starting Eleven is a new daily fantasy app that is available for your iOS or Android phone. You can play uh, Starting Eleven any day. There are two or more Premier League fixtures happening. And the cool thing about it is you have an unlimited budget, unlike our classic FPL, where we're constantly talking about we can't what we can and can't afford. And the really innovative thing about Starting Eleven is there are live in-app substitutions. So like any manager who's out there on the touchline, you have three substitutions at your disposal. So say, for instance, I brought Britos into my Starting Eleven side on Saturday. He gets ejected after 28 minutes. I can immediately rectify that in my starting 11 squad by using one of my three substitutions. So it's not over till it's over. It's a pretty fun way to play it. And I challenged you, Luke, to a head-to-head this weekend. And uh, how'd you enjoy your first stab at starting 11? You did. It was, uh, it was good. It was, it's different. Um, you normally think of like a fantasy soccer game as once you set your lineup, you're you're pretty much done, and you just have to watch the game. But um, yeah, yeah, so, like set it and forget it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think in my original squad, we played on Saturday, so we had the Saturday slate of games to choose from. Um, yep. And I, I put Aguero in my one of my forward spots, um, and so that was the early game, and I didn't wake up too early, so I actually could just sub him out and um unfortunately i <laughs> i actually missed the the jesus goal um, Damn. <laughs> originally yeah i it's 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 weird to get used to having to think about changing someone in the middle of a match so <laughs> yeah. it, it just completely slipped my mind that aguero wasn't starting so yeah, i ended but- up missing those points Totally. The cool thing, too, is you can set up the app to send you push notifications. So even if you're sort of like maybe you're doing the dishes or eating breakfast, you'll get um, you get a little ping on your phone saying, hey, Aguero is not starting and he's in your squad. You can make a sub. So a cool thing we're doing here at Always Cheating is we're allowing our listeners to challenge us, to challenge the cheaters so you can all try out starting 11. All you have to do uh, is uh, download the app for your iPhone or your Android phone and hit us up with a DM. We need your email address or we'll send you our email address. And that's how you challenge somebody through the starting 11 app. Or if you really don't like me, Josh, maybe you want to challenge Luke. Or you can just challenge random strangers all over the world. It's uh, it's pretty cool. People don't like me. They don't want to challenge me. <laughs> You're too good. You beat me. It's, I don't know. I don't think it was beginner's luck, man. I don't know. <laughs> I only made one of my three subs this week. I, I completely forgot about it after. You just got the formation right straight out of the I gate. Guess so yeah, I guess so, uh, so. My, my challenges this weekend were uh, Jordan Elmer out there, if you're listening. Uh, sorry, I, it was a very tight uh, competition between me and Jordan, but I, I did end up beating him with a late Raheem Sterling goal. And also I brought in Fellaini as a sub, just kind of as a laugh. And, of course, he <laughs> ends up scoring a goal. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Stephen Toomey... Um, on a rematch, Stephen ended up uh, beating me. So, Stephen, if you're listening, hit me up. Let's do it a third time for the rubber match because uh, <laughs> I beat you the first time. Um, all right. So, once again, go to you can uh, download the app. Just go to Starting Eleven. That's Starting the Number Eleven io. Get more information or uh, your download links there. Also, look in our podcast archive. There's a bonus pod with Starting Eleven with co-founder Thomas Braun, and you can get all the details there. 
All right. Now, uh, just two more brief points of housekeeping. It's the Always Cheating Super League. Luke, as you know, we always have to give credit to the top 10 in one of the most competitive FPL mini leagues on the planet. Luke, where are you right now in the Always Cheating Super League? Oh, my God. I think I'm outside the top 1,000. It's just (laughs) it's insane. It's so difficult. Yeah. I mean, I'm not having a great season by any stretch, but I mean, that's pretty incredible just to be. Yeah, so I'm around. I'm around 1,800 right now myself. So uh, you're in good company. Um, <laughs> so just uh, we've got a three-way tie for ninth place. So I actually have 11 managers here in the top 10, but nobody's even ranked 10. It's very confusing. Early on, you get a lot of people with tight scores. So we've got three managers who are already up to 206 points, going from the bottom to the top. Uh, congrats to Jamie Taylor, Eddie Fredericks, and Craig Bright. Uh, in seventh place, we've got a two-way tie. That's Ross Lagawood, Fabio Borges. In sixth place, Scott Wolf. Fifth place, Jovan Miller. Fourth place, Tyler Dudek. Third place, Richard Fox. Then we have Xavier Meese in second place. Scored 63 points on the game week Oof. and a total of 219. And in number one, uh, new entry, Ben Kitt, FC Bencelona. Uh, got 54 points on the game week, and he's already up to 223. So congrats to Ben. Welcome to the Super League, and congrats on being number one. Excellent. Fabio Borges is a returning member in that top 10. He was up there quite a bit last season, if I remember. Yeah, you would you would uh, recognize Fabio Borges. He was in the top 10 last week. This guy is just like a, a number one FPL manager. I don't know how you are so consistent, Fabio. Please let us know how you yeah. do it. Email me all of your tips. <laughs> yeah, send us a screenshot of your team, and we'll just copy that week to week. Uh, and if you want to join the Always Cheating Super League, it's very easy to do. Just go to alwayscheating.com, click the League tab, and we've got an auto-join button there for you. Or the League code is all over every piece of our social media, which you can also find at alwayscheating.com. Lastly, Luke, uh, Patreon. Patreon Supporters League. If you're a Patreon supporter of Always Cheating, which helps us to offset the cost of doing our podcast. We have a supporters-only league. Uh, Josh is also going to be doing some other cool things on our Patreon page coming up, setting up a Survivor League after the next international break. And up there we have 10% off discount codes for a subscription to Fantasy Football Magazine. Have you seen this magazine? I do. I'm actually a subscriber, so I get it every week. Every month. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we wish it were every week. Yeah, we I wish, wish it were every week, but it's <laughs> got to be a lot of freaking work. I mean, this magazine is, is is pretty beautiful. So, yeah. um, one cool thing we're doing with FF Mag is on our Patreon supporters league, the top point getter of the last game week of each month is getting a free issue of the mag. So, in game week three, it was the end of August. So, our our big winner with seventy two points is Benjamin von Stellingworth. His uh, squad, eleven angry men. You are you are the winner. He actually did what you wanted to do, Luke. He captained Roberto Firmino. He did, and that's why he's winning the magazine and not me. <laughs> All right, Benjamin. So uh, watch your doorstep. You're going to have a, a copy of the most recent issue hitting hitting that pl- uh, floor mat or welcome mat, whatever it is you have there in uh, Sweden. It's, it's <laughs> going to be right there. Uh, more information on Patreon. Just find us at Patreon.com/slash Always Cheating. For more info on that. All right, Luke, enough of that crap. Let's get into the key questions that we need to face heading into this international break. So we're gonna do we're gonna preview game week four next week when when Josh is back, but that doesn't mean we don't have a lot of very uh 
very big, tough questions to tackle here. Um, first and foremost, I want to talk to you about Harry Kane, Luke. Okay, let's talk about him. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down on this man. So we, we, we should have known, I mean, we did know going into the start of the season that he wasn't going to score a goal in August. He's true to his word. He hasn't done that despite keeping up all these stats. Uh, I've got a few tweets. Uh, Dave from Burnley says, is Kane worth keeping? Mark also asks, is Kane all stats and no points like Benteke was last season? And uh, more concerning to a lot of managers here, Kyle Mundell on Twitter says, will people drop Kane over the break? Um, Is he going to be losing value? Uh, But Kyle's actually asking for a friend because he wants to know how cheap Kane might get so he can pick him up on a discount later on. It's good. It's thinking ahead. (laughs) It's thinking ahead. (laughs) So uh, we're both Kane owners, right? We are, yes. Okay, so I'm keeping the faith with him. His stats... Yes, his stats look good, but it is worrying that uh, Spurs haven't looked like completely buccaneering at Wembley just yet. Yeah, and from from what I've heard of the game, you know, I, I want to quickly just go on like a small little rant about the new um, NBC like gold package. Let them um, have it. Luke. So, so in the U.S. last year, we used to be able to stream any game we wanted on um, the NBC Live Extra. Um, and it was really nice. All you needed was a cable subscription, and you could get any game. You could get them on your phone. Um, but now they've they've gone a little corporate on us this season. So every game that's broadcasted on TV, you can't stream. And all of the others are available for streaming, but you have to pay. So yeah. it, it makes it challenging for people to watch, say, more than one game at a time, which was actually quite a lot of fun um, if you live in the United States and you were I mean able it to was it was very luxurious for us. I know a lot of our our listeners in the UK or elsewhere. It's challenging just to get any match on TV. It is, yeah. So it, it's it's difficult going to the new um, I guess format from what we what we were used to. We we were pretty spoiled, but yeah. um, my hope with that is that NBC is lurching toward a, a completely over the top subscription model where i could just buy the entire season for yeah. one flat price which that i would, would be, be happy good. to do yeah. yeah i would do that as well just to be able to have access um so getting back to the Kane discussion um I, I wasn't able to watch the game because i was watching the liverpool arsenal game um which ended up turning into a better more action-packed game to watch but Definitely. from what i heard is Kane was taking a lot of shots um but unfortunately, it didn't sound like many of them were really good chances or on target. Um, yeah, he's uh, so far this season had a whopping total of six shots on target. So it's it's a little distressing. He's he has had. Uh, so I did a comparison on Fantasy Football Scout of the last three weeks of last season where he was scoring goals for fun and the first three game weeks here. And he actually has 24 uh, goal attempts this season versus 22 the last three weeks of last season. So mm-hmm. he's actually getting more attempts in the box or, or or in or outside of the box. But they're just not getting on target. He just hasn't found his range yet. Yeah. So I, the, the almost unanswerable question is, when will he find his range? And when he does, is it going to be back to the Harry Kane that was originally priced at a very high 12.5? Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, that's the million dollar question there. Um, I think for most people, th- I'm going to guess that there's probably more pressing issues in their team than uh, Harry Kane, just because he he does start every week and. He's, his stats still this week were among the top forwards in the game. Um, he had the most shots inside the box, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. He, and he also was the most frequent goal attempts inside the box as well. He had a goal attempt every 13.8 minutes in the game. And let's so he's also, very active. Definitely. And, and let's not forget the upcoming five fixtures for Spurs – Everton, Swansea, West Ham, Huddersfield, and Bournemouth. So uh, goals, goals, goals. Yeah, that so, was yeah. optimal. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Luke. You probably have bigger fish to fry. Uh, I mean, getting rid of Kane, like for somebody like Firmino, does free up a lot of cash. It um, does. I mean, if you, if that's if Kane is legitimately the only problem in your team, and I don't know, maybe you saved a free transfer from last week, so you have to use one. I. Yeah. I guess I would be okay with getting Firmino or or someone else. Um, But I really think Kane is someone you want to keep for probably the whole season because, I mean, he's back-to-back Golden Boot winner. So you know he's going to score goals. It's just, yeah, the August curse is is, is biting him again. (laughs) It's real. All right, let's let's talk other strikers. The first question I want to ask you, Luke, we, we touched on Firmino. What, assuming you didn't have Firmino, what, would you be willing to sacrifice to get him into your squad over the break? We saw what that entire pool squad did to Arsenal today, recording on Sunday. Do you think it's an imperative to get Firmino in? Uh, Yeah, I think he's very, very well-priced, and I think he provides really good value. At at 8.5, he is definitely a multi-goal scorer potential in a game, or at least double returner in a game for sure. Um, But he's also really, really good on bonus points. Um, Firmino last season as a midfielder wasn't very good on bonus points, but as a forward now, it seems like he's, you know, getting those game-winning goal bonus, which forwards get a lot for. Um, So he's been very good on bonus points this season. So I think... Yeah, I think Firmino is a good pick at 8.5. Um, yeah, he should the, be in a lot of teams. The bonus point question is pretty interesting, too, considering the rest of the Liverpool assets. Uh, we've got a little section on midfielders coming up here in a second, but really quickly talking about bonus and Liverpool. The fear with them has been the last couple of years that the goals get spread around, and we saw exactly that. Uh, against Arsenal, where Firmino, Salah, Mane, and of all people, Daniel Sturridge, they all came in for goals. However, um, in particular, Mo Salah just can't accrue BPS to save his Egyptian life. It's, it's yeah. insane. Yeah, uh, I think the biggest thing for that is he um, he takes a lot of shots, and he misses quite a few. <laughs> and yeah. He's off target a lot, so... Um, that's one of the biggest things that hinders him because you, you get minus minus BPSs for off-target shots, I believe. All right, we can't have a section on strikers without talking about uh, Big Rom or Brock Toon, uh, Sergio Aguero. I think somebody online was suggesting that we find a Brock Toon-esque name for, for Romelu Lukaku. But um, 
we've got sort of two different issues with these guys. One is Lukaku is in everyone's team. However, we just have to mention that he took and missed a penalty. He did, yeah. And to be fair, it wasn't a terrible penalty. Um, I dispute but, that. I, I do dispute that. I am a, It's always a bugaboo for me when uh, penalty takers put the ball at that height. Cause, um, it is, yeah. That was, that was a good, comfortable height for the keeper. Yeah, power alone um, is one thing, but placement at that height, it has to be like Milner-esque, just like blasting it into the side netting, making it unsavable. It does, yeah. Jamie Vardy style, f- full sprint. Yeah, the other the other thing I'm kind of not buying is that Schmeichel came off of his line too early. Now, obviously he did, but every single goalkeeper jumps off the line yeah, early. They do. Penalty. They do. That yeah. would have been that would be very harsh to to call that. <laughs> yeah, but man, it is one of the more painful things when you have uh, a luxury striker like Lukaku as your captain and he's at the, at the spot and he comes out with the big fat zero. Okay. So the other question is Aguero. What do you read into Aguero starting on the bench for Pep this weekend? It's hard because originally I saw that he may have gotten a knock, um, either in the injury or the day before, but I looked fit and he looked ready to go. Um, so, yeah, I'm not really sure what is up with that. But, again, I think you're just seeing Pep is not afraid to rotate, um, especially with Champions League looming in the next uh, couple months. We're definitely going to see more rotation out of City. So, yeah, it's it's hard to say. Um, it, go, it goes both ways with Jesus as well because um, he could easily be rested for Aguero. So, yeah. I think... You know, if you're a Jesus owner, you got the goal this week and you're you're feeling pretty good, but um, it it easily could have been the other way around. And so, yeah, I mean, I really wish that they were nailed on at least one of them. Yeah, Yeah, you want to get in on those goals anyway you can. Yeah, and and, and we're going to score, City's going to score plenty of goals this season. Um, But yeah, it, it... We'll have to see if we if we go to a two striker formation and you know we're we're really solid on that then maybe we'll be able to get one of them. But also Raheem Sterling's been really good through the middle as well, so he's you know also threatening both of their spots. Um, so yeah, I think it's time to look elsewhere. Yeah, Berkey on Twitter says time to drop Aguero, and I think we agree definitely. If you have Aguero on your side. Uh, I mean, look at look at Bobby Firmino. It's time. It's time to do that. Also, our friend Moment of Magic Pod on Twitter said, Meltdown, zero points from Captain Lukaku and Aguero on the bench. It's the most money I've ever pissed up a wall. <laughs> so uh, heart goes out to you guys. Sorry about yeah. that. Other strikers that came on the radar in game week three, uh, Murata for Chelsea. Now two goals and two assists in three game weeks. I, I believe this is right. Of those four goals that he's had a role in, uh, at least all, at least three of them have not involved his feet. They've all come off of his head. Yeah, yeah, they have. Yep. <laughs> he is a very uh, big aerial threat for sure. Paul Rocky on Twitter says, Thoughts on Murata? I wasn't expecting all that much from him, but he's looking at like good value at $10 million. I'm not. I'm not sure value at $10 million is... I'm willing to go that far. I'm not. I'm not willing to use the V word, as you say, Paul. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but the Chelsea team is definitely coming alive now. And it, it looked uncertain against Burnley in game week one. But uh, uh, with my point six in the bank, I can just eke it to Eden Hazard, uh, turn KDB to Hazard over the break. And it does feel like a bit of a Hail Mary right now because, uh, you know, I, Chelsea's fixtures are very sort of touch and go for the next month or even more. Uh, and we don't really know what Hazard is going to look like coming back from this injury. But but that said, what do you think about Chelsea right now, Luke? Uh, yeah, after their after their start, it's it's been a lot better. Um I thought Murata looked pretty good in the game. I think he's still definitely settling into, you know, how Conte wants Chelsea to play. Um, you know, coming from Real Madrid, he's used to playing a little more of the ball, um, but he's he's really being deployed as a Diego Costa hold-up striker. Um, and so I did see a fair to- few um, amount of times he would receive the ball and you know, with pressure from the defender, kind of lose it. Um, so he's yeah. going to have to improve that side of his game if uh, that's the way Conte wants to go, which looks to be the way. Um, he just doesn't look that strong right now is my concern. And maybe he just needs to warm up to the league, warm up to the style of play. But that's that's a worry. Yeah, it is. Um, unf- well, not unfortunately, um, but he has been very good in the last two games. Um and it looks like he's nailed down the striker spot uh, as well. Um, Batshuayi has not impressed this season. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think Morata, I won't say the V word as well, um, <laughs> but he could be a good pick. All right, let, let me throw something out at you, Luke. Okay. Uh, Jacob on Facebook says, I'm thinking of Kane and Mounier moving them to Morata and Firmino uh, as a straight swap and he's also looking to capture these price rises does that seem knee-jerky to you or does that seem like a full-fledged strategy um i probably wouldn't do that um munier's stats have been still very good and canes are off the charts right now surprisingly not scoring but leading the league in 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 attempts so yeah Huddersfield still seems like a slight unknown, though they've looked good. But lest ye forget, their fixtures are, are continue to be great. They, they are. Have West Ham, which is like the most shit team in all of world football right now. And uh, then we have Leicester and Burnley coming up. Now, those will be tighter defenses. But I do like, I agree with you. I'm still into the Mounier shout. Yeah, I think I think it would be better to wait till Hazard gets back. Um if you need like a Liverpool player, I might look at trying to get Salah um, in midfield instead. Yeah, um, yeah. That's I mean, a- I love Firmino, and if you can figure out a way to get him in, that'd be great. Um, Luke, you're yeah. leading me. You're leading me right into my next question, which okay. I love. This is like seamless. So uh, Daniel on Twitter says he's trying to replace Gabby Adini for somebody with a similar price, and he already has Firmino. So. Um, Strikers around that price of Gabby Adini's, uh, there's no one that is standing out right now. It's like you have to get up to the Rooney Firmino level to even get enticed. I mean, Chicharito is interesting, but there is a huge concern with West Ham right now. I uh, I might even vote for Chicharito given West Ham's fixtures because they are forgiving even they are in, good. 
in in light despite of that uh, Spurs match in game week six. Um, but but that leads me to the possibility of three five two. Now don't take that from me, a guy who scored thirty points this game week playing three five two. But if you're looking to chop out that mid level striker like Gabby Adini, you're talking about maybe bringing in somebody like Sala into your midfield. Why not just move to a three five two and see how that works? Particularly if you're if you've got your wild card and you can wild card out of that formation if if it starts to not work for you. Yeah. Um, so I think the three five two kind of emerged last season. Um, you know, last season there weren't very many good forward options, um, especially around that mid priced bracket. So I think people kind of the Anachibe season. It was, yeah. It, it was the Charlie Austin ruining everyone's season. Yes, damn you, Charlie. Yeah. Um, I, I can't which, believe by the he way, didn't I, even get into the game this week. I know. I was just about to say that. I, it, it, he seems like such a good player for that team. Yeah. And, um, although I will say Gabby Adini has looked okay this season. Yeah. Definitely yeah. better than the end of last year. Um, yeah. I have no great issue with Gabby Adini, and maybe that's a, another way to... Well, I don't want to cut off your point about three five two. No, yeah, no. It, it, I'm not really making a, a huge point other than <laughs> it exists. It's it, a thing. It is a thing. Yeah, I think this season is probably better to try and go for a three four three, just because yeah. historically forwards are the ones that are the top scorers, and they're always in the position to score goals. Which FPL is kind of that's the most important is scoring yeah. goals. So. Yep. Yeah, I, I think I might look at someone. I mean, Gabby Dini is seven point one. Uh, I'm not sure if he's seven. had a, if he's hit a price rise yet. He's around there. So uh-huh. I mean, Wayne Rooney, Chicharito are definitely like available for you if you've got a little bit of cash in your bank. Um, but Southampton still have Watford, which are going to be a little shaken up. Um, I mean, I don't think they rely on Britos to keep clean sheets for them. Obviously, they did just fine without him against Brighton. No. But uh, they still do have Watford and then Palace, another crap team, to come. So maybe just stick it out with Gabby Adini. If he looks decent enough, uh, it's it's fair to say you'll get at least a goal out of the next two fixtures. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I can't really see anyone around there that would spark my eye and say, "Hey, you really should get him in." Um, yeah, especially because right. you already have Firmino. So, yeah, yeah I, I would say just give Gabbiadini some more patience. Yeah, love him. Uh, all right, let's let's move on from strikers to midfielders. We talked a little bit about KDB. He's already dipped in value. People are just like done with this nonsense with De Bruyne. It does. It does ask a, for me a larger question about Man City. They just did not look very convincing at all at Bournemouth. So it's the question for me is twofold. It, it seems certain that you have to get rid of Kevin now. It's not working. But where are you, where do you stand with other midfielders? I, mean, I know you're high on Raheem Sterling right now, but the likes of David Silva and players like that. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I agree. I think Kevin probably has to get out of your team, um, especially if we saw this week. Uh, Liverpool mids are, are also hot and firing. Um, so that's an easy, very easy transfer there. Um, but yeah, in terms of Man City as a whole, I think there are a few good options. Um, 
so Sterling will be unavailable next game. Um, since he got the red card, he won't be eligible to play. But play his old team, Liverpool. That's I know. Huge disappointment for him. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Um, but that's you know that's 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 what happens when you have Mike Dean in <laughs> that's the league. life with Mike. That's when you're living in Dean's world. Yeah, that would be a, that would be a great. Uh, oh, what a reality! Bad TV Photoshop, show, right? Or a bad Photoshop. <laughs> Dean's world. I'm just thinking about the big picture, the reality TV show of Mike Dean. Yeah, that, he, like he's, I love watching him watching him ref a game, but when he does stuff like that, it kind of makes your head scratch. Oh, uh, uh, totally. Okay. So, so yeah, so so I think so. I started the season with David Silva. Um, mm-hmm. A bit of a punt, not knowing if he was going to be the one dropping deep, but it actually looks like KDB is that one dropping yeah. deep, and and Silva actually goes forward and is making those incisive through balls. Um, he looks good. He looks really good. Yeah, as he always does. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think there was some concern about um, how much life he had left in him last season. I mean, it's not. It's not like he's an old man. But there's always concerns surrounding his ankles and uh, his injuries. Kind yes. of has a has a glass man reputation. He suffers from Santi Cazorla ankles. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I but, think he's, uh, I think he's put it past him though. He, he he looks really good. Yeah, so that to me is kind of a tough call. Looking at um, Liverpool's fixtures versus Man City, um, it might be a little bit of a wash. Uh, and I guess. That's my point, my bigger point about Man City general. Generally, it looks like they haven't just quite clicked into high gear in the same way that Liverpool had. So I just I'm leaning toward Liverpool mids more than more than City right now. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would go along with that. I definitely think that someone like Salah or Mane would be a better pick than David Silva. Um, yeah, but. Perhaps that you don't quite have the funds to turn um, one of your midfielders into those guys. So if you desperately need another midfielder, uh, I think Silva will be good for the next few weeks. We we have some hit or miss fixtures. We play Liverpool next week, and then we have Watford away, Crystal Palace at home, um, and then a tough Chelsea match at Stamford Bridge. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a mixed bag. But, uh, yeah. you know, I love I love David Silva, one of my favorite players. Yeah. All right. So other mids, we talked about Salah and Mane being the big options there. It looks like Coutinho probably is going to be at Barcelona or somewhere else after the trade window closes. Um, and I, I just ran a comparison with Salah and Mane. Mane for 0.6 more. He does have the much better underlying stats. I think that's borne out by the BPS that we were also talking about. But if you need the money, like by all means, Mo Salah looks uh, like fire for your FPL team. Yeah, it looks great. He's he's one of the farthest forward in that team too. He can do anything. He's making great runs. He's putting in excellent crosses. Great finisher. Um, so I was just kind of down on him before the season started, and I've I fully turned around on Salah. The other duo, of course, is Pogba versus Mik- Mkhitaryan. We we split that. Uh, between you and me, Luke, I went Pogba. You went Mkhitaryan. I still feel pretty good about Pogba long term. Yeah, I, just eye test wise, I, I it's there's probably no wrong answer to that question. I don't think right now there's a wrong answer. Um, I think Pogba is going to play. He'll play ninety minutes every game for United. Um, 
so you don't run the risk of rotation there. And he, he I think he probably is a bit of a goal threat compared to Mkhitaryan, but Mkhitaryan is very good on bonus points, and yeah. he plays farther forward. Um, his goal tally has been down ever since he got into the league, but um, he looks... I mean, they both look great, so yeah, I think... Mickey strikes really me as wrong. just like an unselfish guy. He he doesn't want to start taking all the goals before he really like starts to get to know all of his teammates <laughs> much better. Uh, I think you're there though, Mickey. It's time to start scoring goals. Yes. Uh, Richie FPL on Twitter asks, "What about Chelsea?" So Chelsea, as we said, are starting to look really good. I'm kind of interested to see what Hazard looks like, even if he gets minutes for Belgium over the international break. Uh, other than that, I'm unsure where to invest. With Chelsea, I mean, Fabregas, maybe Pedro is still getting those uh, shortened runouts, even though yeah. he is still starting for Chelsea. I'm not sold on any particular midfielder just yet there. No, yeah, definitely not. Um, the, the time to kind of invest in Chelsea was right at the beginning with Willian. Um, yeah. But, yeah, once Hazard is back, I think it's going to cause a lot of um, decisions to be made on you know, restructuring teams and, but, you know, we'll get into wild card later, but yeah. I think once the international break happens and the transfer window closes, we'll, we'll be able to answer some more questions about Chelsea and make a better choice. All right, Luke, uh, I, let's do a lightning round on defense real quick. We don't want to shortchange the uh, defenders. Uh, Mahesh Jaganesh asks if we trust Liverpool defense. So, um, of all things, Liverpool scored four goals, but they kept a friggin' clean sheet against Arsenal. Uh, do we see any any changing of the writing of the ship there with the Liverpool defense? Carry it, carry us in goal now. Yeah, it, <laughs> he didn't look convincing today. Um, again, he has this weird kind of play style where he doesn't kick it. And he kind of puts his team in a weird situation where, like, you're not sure if he's going to give it to the other team or. um, So he got away with it today. But um, yeah, Mahesh also, he he raises the the point about Moreno getting the start and wondering if Trent Alexander-Arnold is if that ship has sailed. And I think Mahesh answers his own question in that. They that ship hasn't sailed. The problem will always be rotation in that spot. I don't see Moreno uh, putting in a shift that guarantees he starts and plays ninety minutes every week. So I'm I'm kind of still out on Liverpool. Interested to see if they sign any big center backs over the uh, over the break. Yeah, I was really surprised that um, Andy Robertson didn't start again. Um, I thought he looked really good in game week two. Um, yeah. Forget who did who did Liverpool play? Liverpool played. Crystal Palace, um, Robertson was putting in really, really delicious balls um, into the... Yeah, they, they, they have some good options there. So the, the rotation concerns me. It's a wait and see. Uh, also, let's just talk quickly about Huddersfield. They have yet to concede a goal in the league, which is kind of insane. Are we, are we s- super sleeping on a guy like Zenka? Uh, I don't know, man. Zenka, he's... He's he's been great. Might be cool, but is he cool to have on your FPL team? I feel like there's no reason to not bring in a 4.5 nailed on defender for Huddersfield at this point. Their fixtures still look good, and it looks like they're kind of locked in. I think 
The, the wheels will probably shake if not come off at some point this season for Huddersfield. But yeah. now's the time to get on board. I, I think you're right. Um, they do have – they've got a few four or five options. Um, I don't know if Zank has risen in price yet, but um, – I think he's close to getting to 4.6. Yeah, he may be. Um, but there's actually one guy that I would look at, um, and it's – I guess you'd say it Le. Yes. Love. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> My German pronunciation is not up to par. Um, Finally, you're going to get the hate pronunciation email. Exactly. Not us. I think it. I think it's love. Um, but yeah, I would look at him. Uh, he is rumored to be on penalties for Huddersfield. Um, <laughs> I love it. It's one of those great mysteries so far this season. Is who ultimately will take the first Huddersfield penalty? That's an exciting one. Yeah. Yeah. So I would look at love for. Um, a four or five option for Huddersfield if you if you need a good defender. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Stephen Toomey asked, "Do we still have faith in the West Brom defense?" Of course we do, Stephen. I mean, West Brom just—they actually look really good. And if you don't have Higazi yet, do it. I mean, Yam had a really bright assist this morning, uh, but he's priced at five point oh. I I don't see the big big goal threat from Yam. I think Higazi. Uh, is the way to go still now that he's up to 4.8. Are there any must-have defenses, Luke? So I'm not talking about must-have defenders, but teams that you feel are critical to buying into at this stage for FPL. I think Manchester United uh, is one of them if you're willing to pay for Bailly. Chelsea um, could be getting there, getting back to their their defensive best as they were last season. Yeah, I... I would agree with you about Man United. Um, I'm going to be monitoring Phil Jones pretty closely over the international break just because he has cropped up with some mystery injury. Um, I have a suspicion that he's fine, um, but I'll probably wait until um, later on in the break to bring him in. Um, But he'll probably be my transfer in for Danilo. um, Yeah. Because, yeah, United look... They just look so strong at the back, especially with Matic coming in. I think he was a fantastic signing for them. Yeah, I, I think United and maybe West Brom and Southampton, they, their fixtures continue and they're delivering on those clean sheets. So that's the way to be. Also, uh, lastly, before we go to break, shouts to Mbemba on Newcastle, a 4.0 starting defender who came in with bonus this weekend. Yes, <laughs> I don't know if that's a bandwagon necessarily because I doubt that will ever happen again for the man, but uh, it bears mentioning. Yeah, it depends on um, I forget who who got injured from Newcastle. I think it was um, Lejeune. Yeah, yeah, I think Lejeune got injured. So I, I would imagine once he's back and fit, and Bemba would probably make way. But he could be a good little four point punt. I mean, I mean, as your fifth midfield. Yeah, worst worst case scenario, bury him on your bench. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break, Luke, and we're going to come back and we're going to have a special section all about wild card do's, don'ts, uh, heading into the break because I already did it, and I know a lot of you people are thinking very seriously about doing it. All right, let's do it. Same old podcast, always cheating. All right, Luke, wild card. What's the earliest you've ever played your wild card in FPL? As early as game week two or three? Yeah, yeah. I've, so this is my third season of FPL. Okay. Um, I believe I've played my wild card in game week three, both 
of my first and my second season. So okay, I'm already besting my record. <laughs> you feeling it? All? I've made it this far. <laughs> uh, Richie at FPL asks, "Time to wild cards." A very simple question. Uh, also, our friend Trevor says, "I can't tell if my 54 point week is worth a wild card or not." So this is my constant gripe about wild cards. I feel like unless you're wild carding into a double game week, your return on your first new wild carded team is generally not going to be awesome. I feel like it never quite delivers until the second or third week that you implement that team. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's a difficult decision. And that and that should be that should be fine because if you're doing it right, you're making some long-term strategic bets with your wild card. You're not just trying to do what we're now do, uh, comp, uh, contemplating with the free hit chip of making a perfect team just for that upcoming game week. So be be mindful of that. Uh, do you do you feel I mean, taking taking into account my tale of woe at the beginning of the podcast? What you're also seeing online. Do you generally feel that people are over panicking right now and it's too early to play the wild card? Or do you go the other way and say, play it whenever you want? Or is it somewhere in the middle? It's It, it depends on when the answers come. I mean, the, the beginning of the season is always a time where there's a lot of questions. We don't know a lot about teams, how they're going to come out of the gate. Um so in some seasons, you find the answers very quickly. Um, in other seasons, you know, teams go up and down in their form and it, it's hard to get a gauge on where they are. So it, I would never say that like one specific game week is too early, but it really depends on the season and the circumstances. Um, in terms of this season in game week three, I think it's still a little early to be playing it just because they're... You know, there are a lot of teams still adjusting, you know, new managers coming in, different tactics are happening. So um, we really just need to kind of get a couple more weeks, I would say, under our belt and and see where teams are at. And then maybe we can make more educated decisions. Yeah, I totally agree with you. This is my, I think, eighth season playing FPL. And I think I'm... Because I had kind of a crummy start, I'm doing, I'm, I'm veering toward one of these seasons where I'm just like, sure, let's do whatever. Let's not think about it too hard. And I think maybe for some managers who are just looking to play it a slightly different way, uh, it could make it more fun. Jet on Twitter asks it in a more interesting way. 55 points is his average for the three, over the three game weeks, or his average game week score over the last three game weeks including one minus four. He thinks it feels a bit so-so. Do you do we have an opinion on what the minimum average gameway score for your team should be to the point where you need to trigger that wild card? I would first say if your game week average at this point is 55 points, Jet, you're doing just fine. You're doing a hell of a lot better than a lot of us veteran managers. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, 50 po- 55 point average is, is perfectly fine. Um, I'm and there's no at, real benchmark score generally. I mean, you have to take into account what is the average game week score week to week. Often there's going to be a much lower score getting week one week, and then everyone's the the most popular Lukaku captain comes in for a hat trick the next one. So the the point totals can can lie to you in some ways. 
Yeah, and you could have a great team right now and feel perfectly fine about it and just your players didn't come through this week and you, you didn't have a good score, but you like your team, so there's no really reason to wildcard. Um, it's very important with the new kind of wildcard structure where you get one each half um, because you, you really have to think long-term. I mean, that first wild card has to last you until game week 19 so if if you're able to really kind of stick it out and just gather more information and make better decisions you can really set your team up well for a long stretch um, especially given that we're almost always going to be using our wild card the week before the big double game week um, comes so that's really kind of where I would which inevitably comes it always comes. It's 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 gonna be there. Yeah, yeah. So, in yeah. my in my office, it's not explicit that the office closes be the week between Christmas and New Year's, but everyone knows at some point in October that email is gonna come through saying, "Good news, everybody! We're closing the office between Christmas and New Year's." That is definitely what's come to pass with FPL and the uh, mega double game week that always ends up coming around game week thirty five, thirty seven. Yeah, yeah. So that's the time to use that second one. So the first, the first wild card really has to last you a good portion of the season. So just wait until you absolutely know it's the time to use it and yeah. get the players that you know are going to be they're going to be good, and you, you can't go wrong. Luke, I wish I talked to you last week, buddy. <laughs> uh, so what are you going to do during the international break? You going to try and catch some national match national team matches? Yeah, definitely. I've been. Do you watch, been, do you watch the U.S. team? We're, I do. Yeah, and I haven't watched a lot over the past few years, but um, I watched a lot of the Gold Cup, and it was it was quite fun. Yeah, Bruce Arena has got that U.S. team clicking. We don't want to do uh, like U.S. men's national team talk here. Nobody gives a shit. But uh, <laughs> uh, but they have a big game against Costa Rica. So good luck to everyone out there whose uh, teams have big, big World Cup qualifying matches. Yeah. out there hopefully it will be fun and not just like a huge downer without fpl in our lives i'm but, not sure if netherlands has to play international games right now but i'm really hoping that they're able to actually do well on an international stage well if nathan ake is anything to go by it it's gonna look pretty bad for them i what a what a huge disappointment ake was so brilliant on bournemouth and he just had uh last season on that loan spell he was just having such a miserable time against City over the weekend. Yeah, he did. He, um, I think it was him that Jesus kind of rounded and got in for the first goal. Yep. Yeah, and he and he was knocked over. Was it Jesus he, who he also knocked over where he could have seen red for uh, interfering it with was, the goal scoring opportunity? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. I thought I thought that was a red when I uh, when I saw the replay too, but. Um, yeah, he didn't have his best game, but I, I do like him a lot as a player. I think he's a very talented, talented prospect, um, and I think he's going to do very well for Bournemouth this season. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to be back. Me and Josh are actually going to be reunited next week, and we're going to do a full-on Game Week 4 preview, so tune in for that. You can subscribe to the Always Cheating Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. 
Also, if you want to rate and review us on iTunes, we really appreciate it. Give us a follow on Twitter at Hail Cheaters. We're on Facebook at Always Cheating. And send us an email if you need to rate my team or just have a general question for us that isn't suited for social media. We're HailCheaters at gmail.com. All that info is available to you at alwayscheating.com. And uh, don't forget to support us at patreon.com slash alwayscheating. And don't forget to support Luke Thunberg, who you can find on Twitter at FPLFunshot. Luke, do you do you want to solicit any other products here on the Always Cheating podcast? Uh, no, I'm, I'm pretty good for now. Uh, you don't I have a used you car have... you're trying to get out of your driveway or anything like that? No, no, I have nothing to ask for, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm just here to give out, give out my ideas and have some nice conversation. Well, you're, you're a, a smashing follow on Twitter. Always uh, fun to uh, bounce ideas off of, ask for advice and just find out what the, what the general feeling is among Man City fans. So uh, Luke, <laughs> thanks again for coming on the pod. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Right on. All right, Poku forever. See you guys next week. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.